56 pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Miami Dolphins select. That's so Dolphins talk with John Baker and Trigger Trey Proctor. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Dude, are we good? Dude, what did that seem in the lead? If you don't have eye black at home, you better go get some eye black. Oh my god, we're back. Hello and welcome into that so Dolphins talk with John Baker and Trigger Trey Proctor. What a game. Oh my gosh, what a game. I have never been a part of something like that before. Trigger Trey and I, we were both at the game. And we both got to experience that epic comeback win for the Finns. And we're just, words can't describe of what that, what that feeling was being at that game and seeing it firsthand. So let's get right into the game review and the huge Finns win of 42-38 to 38 over the Baltimore Ravens. Oh my God, we're back. All right, welcome into that show, Dolphins Talk, Week 2 edition. What a hell of a game that was. Like, can't even put it into words what that game was. What would you think, Triggs? Oh, baby. First off, as usual, the vitamins are flowing. Let me start there. But, baby, let me tell you, being in that stadium, being a part of that victory, that Tua coming out party, per se, (laughs) Can't put in the word. Exactly right. Oh, so good. So, um, I was gonna try to do. I was gonna start this off with a follow up of the Pats game, but I don't even think we need to do that because there's just so much to cover in this game, and I don't really care about the Pats game anymore. But uh, yeah, so we were both at the game. Great game day experience. I thought. I thought it was great game day experience. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. Um, I, you know. Outside the stadium was good. You know, lines weren't too bad. Um, tailgating was, was great. You know, everyone was, you know, hospitable. So I can't have any bad things to say about it. Um, it's definitely not tailgating at Hard Rock, that's for sure. It's, you know, it's a different experience. You're, you're tailgating down, down in the city. It was a little different. But, um, yeah, you know, overall, I thought game day experience was good. Now, the stadium as a whole leaves a little to be desired. Yeah, I I like the outside aesthetic of the stadium. I did like the inside, but I just kind of felt I don't know if this is like an NFL thing or not because I've never been to like in in the Rock, but it didn't seem like they were letting any replays get through. Like we had no idea what was going on down on the field. Well, I think it has everything to do with the lack of jumbotrons, right? So they can only show so much on the two big screens they have so you know again the jumbotrons they did have were big but you know at hard rock you got you know one in each corner and they're just able to, it seems like they're able to display more things but as a whole i feel like we got no replays at all yeah like on the, on the big like center screen they were putting it like it kept saying nfl review center but like we weren't getting any of the we weren't getting any of the replays but uh, but let's get right into the stats. Uh, a absolute coming out party for Tua. He was 36 of 50, 469, six tutters, two interceptions. But the huge uh, huge statistic here is that he was only sacked one time, and that was huge, I thought, for the entire game. Uh, 
Tyreek was had eleven catches for one ninety, two tutters. Waddle eleven for one seventy one, two tutters. And Mostert was had um, eleven runs for fifty one yards, and Edmonds had five runs for thirty three yards, and he obviously had the big run there in the fourth quarter. But other takeaways I had is that the Finns had over sixty offensive plays. I can't remember a time the Dolphins ever had over sixty plays. Hey, and even to add on to that, dude, we had eight offensive plays in the first quarter. So that means the last four quarters we had 52 – or last three quarters we had 52 offensive plays, which is just unbelievable to think about. Oh, uh, unreal. And this is the first time ever in NFL history that two receivers had two touchdowns and 150 yards plus receiving in the same game. Never happened before. Tua has the highest winning percentage of quarterbacks – Still, in that 2020 draft, he's now 15-8 and eight as a starter. He is statistically leading yards, passing yards, touchdowns, first downs, and wins in the NFL currently. And this is, these last two stats are my favorite stats. Teams that have been down by 21 points in the fir- fourth quarter were 0-711. And... 711. and the final statistic is that that is the first win in Baltimore since 1997. It kind of feels like we just witnessed history in so many more ways than just the way Tua played. But, you know, you look at obviously that one in 711. Um, like That is the most – that's the most insane statistic I think I've ever seen. 711 losses, and the Finns have the one. I mean, not only were we down 21 at half, we were down 21 in the fourth freaking quarter, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was since, so I've been alive, since I've been alive and been watching Dolphins football, I can't remember ever thinking a team or seeing a team possible able to, to score 21 points in one quarter. The only game that pops into my head is the Tyler Sigpen game. Whenever they were just, they just kept, they just uh, kept trying to charge back. Right. That's the only one I can think of. I was but, just, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't like, I mean, we'll get into it here, but I mean, if you're a Tua hater still, if you're a Tua hater still, then you, I'm going to request that you get a new football team like tomorrow because there's no yeah, reason. There's absolutely no reason. Uh, game review, uh, not a hot start. Talk about the absolute worst start we could have possibly had. Uh, they ran the opening kickoff back, which was not ideal. Imagine, um, I want everyone listening to imagine six grown men that had just spent the last four hours having the time of their life in the parking lot looking at this beautiful view down on the field that we had, and then your hopes and dreams are just crushed. And the first thing I thought was, fucking same old Dolphins, dude. Right down to the beer cart I went, and we started pounding Mick Ultras because I said, I am not going to be a part of this and not be heavily intoxicated. <laughs> dude, the the tailgate that we had going on was epic. It was got to be the best tailgate that I've ever been a part of. And we were riding such a high into that stadium. Like, it, uh, we were 
literally touching the clouds, but we were literally on cloud nine. It felt so good and then so deflating. And like what Trey said, they ran eight offensive plays in that first quarter, and it was just like what it, – it felt like same old Dolphins. And it only got – well, it did get a little bit better when we uh, tied it up early in the second quarter with uh, – uh, the Waddle screen pass that was really nice to see. I thought mm-hmm. the the offense is still like it's. I love the offense so much. They they are able to drive the ball and just they can just go on a get your keys out. Let's go on a drive and we'll score. Yeah, and I don't think like, they had a single. It felt like anytime we needed a big play, like I was pretty confident it was going to make it. You know, normally. You know, the last few years, we need a big play, and I'm glass half empty type guy. But um, I was pretty confident on a lot of those third downs. Again, it feels like we are always in third downs. I, I don't understand it. Um, I, I don't know if that's just me as an NFL fan or if that's literally just us Dolphins. Like, everything is a third down, which I, obviously we ran, you know, 52 plays in the, in the last three quarters. So. <laughs> He, uh, well, all those big plays in the second half were all in third down. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. It just felt like we were constantly pinned the entire game. Uh, the, it, basically, the tail of the tape here, the game, is that it was a game of runs, and the Ravens' run lasted the whole first half, and then the Finns got hot mid-third quarter and for sure got fire hot in the fourth. So, just like the biggest anomaly, I think of the day is the defense. Like the Howard got absolutely toasted in the first quarter. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't like I, I don't like to critique defense because I don't necessarily know what the call was. But in this instance, they were in the you know the cover zero look. So it's very safe to assume that he was in man. And I don't know if he, I don't, I, I just don't know what happened. Like that's just was uncharacteristic of X. He just didn't take a good angle even after um, Bateman caught the slant. I just, I, I don't know what he was doing. Now on the second big play to Bateman, um, it was again another third down situation. We were in cover zero, and I think X, you know, with the previous, you know, touchdown getting thrown on him, bit on that slant, hoping to make a play. Um, you know, and then he, you know, hit him with the the sluggo. But even not even like coverage wise, he dropped an interception. This is an mm-hmm. easy pick for him. That would have been a pick six. That really would have captured the momentum. So, I I feel comfortable saying that that's probably the worst game I've seen X play. Um, you know, in a Dolphins uniform, and and we still come out with the victory. So again, that says something to just the the talent on this football team. You know, if you if I go into a game and saying, hey, X gave up you know, longest touchdown that I've seen him forever, dropped a pick six um, and gave up like two more long balls. You're going to assume that we get blown out. Um, he didn't even right. play that bad in the, in the game that we lost 44 to nothing or whatever it was. So I, I don't know, man. Hopefully it's just an anomaly and that does not carry into next week. Right. Well, so did you end up catching uh, Hasselbeck on McAfee today? No, it's queued up to watch. Um, okay. Well, he broke it, it down to – so he broke down what happened on that Bateman play. They were the Ravens were in a stack, and then they motioned out of the stack, and the Finns were in that cover zero, 
and they went to switch and when X switched and sent I'm not sure who the slot corner was that was following the in motion um the in motion receiver but when they did the trade off X instantly flipped and thought he was going outside switched his hips and then Bateman went outside and then cut inside immediately and X was completely exposed so that was the look that's kind of what happened he thought he was going outside and Bateman got him which i mean listen if you're it, it, you know if we X makes a living off making big plays and you know i would feel comfortable saying that um you continue to gamble on those things like that let's continue to make big plays and we'll take you know we'll take what we get in terms of any you know big plays behind us but if he can make big plays for us defensively you know that's huge and again everyone praises um digs from from dallas and you know he's given up the, he gave up the most yards as a cornerback last year um but also had the most interceptions so it's kind of like you know a give and take thing that um i'm comfortable saying with the way our team's playing x keep doing your thing um you know it's worked for you up until now so yeah absolutely that it, yeah and uh that was really weird because it felt like the offense was flowing to the right side and it i i can see why x would want that to kind of push him out of the play so i i understand why he was trying to do that but uh but yeah, the, the whole first half, Lamar was just on fire. He couldn't – everything that Lamar did was gold. And as soon as we knew it, it was 21-7. And the Finns, again, couldn't – didn't really get anything going on offense. And I felt like all hope was lost going, going into the two-minute warning – and that's whenever the uh, Ravens went on that drive just to just shove it right down our throats and take the 27-8 lead, which I absolutely thought the game was over at that point. Yeah, oh, as soon as they – yeah, when they went up um, 28-7, I, I was, you know – and, I'm again, normally I'm, like, you know, pretty, pretty positive, but I thought for sure that we were just going to witness an absolute shellacking um, I had no faith, and you know we're just conditioned this way as Finns fans. I had no faith that we had an ability to come back there. Um, <laughs> I just just didn't believe it was going to happen. Thankfully, they proved me wrong. Yeah, that was the ultimate same old Dolphins feeling because that is an that is a hundred percent of the time that is a huge loss and a blowout loss. And I think under any other coach that we've had previously, they would have just rolled over and said, "Well." We're go on to Buffalo, but it's just something about this team, man. They it just feels so different, and it just really felt like when they came out in the second, uh, they came out in the second half, and they just started marching again. They just put their head down, grabbed their lunch pail, and they went right back at it. And that Jaseki touchdown was that was a hellacious catch. And I think the other thing that should be pointed out was that that was an even a better throw because the Finns were going to get three points no matter what, and Tua put it on the goalpost and, you know, told her 6-7 tight end, climb the ladder. And that hell of yeah, a catch. And, not and, You know, the underrated thing there is uh, we kick a field goal there, and, you know, we, I guess we, you know, we still need a touchdown to win it. We're still down three scores, right? So I, I, we easily could have went for it on that fourth down, which knowing Mike McDaniel, we probably would have. So, I mean, that play – and 
there's so many plays, especially by our defense. You know, again, they didn't play well, but so many fourth downs where, you know, they stood up, so many third and shorts where they stood up to put them in fourth downs. Um, you know, our defense was classic B, B, D, B, 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 D, D, bend but don't break defense that we, you know, when we needed a play out of them, we got it. Yeah, and it, credit to the Finns standing them up on those fourth, uh, those fourth downs because they had the early fumble in the first quarter that I totally missed here, but uh, they did it late in the game, and it, it very classic BBDB defense, just very classic Finns, bend but don't break. And then, uh, so then of course, right after the Jacecki touchdown, you know, I leaned over and told Chase, I instantly said, they're going to give us hope here, and the Finns are going to get back in it, and there's going to be something stupid that happens where they're not going to win. But Which is what I thought. Which is what I thought. I thought the exact same thing. Same old Dolphins. Right. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, so then the Ravens come right back out. The huge 79-yard run by Lamar felt like all hope was lost. Like It's like we got a little bit of something – and he just ripped it right out. It, it was that was probably the most de- deflating part of the the entire game was the Lamar run, and it just I mean, felt so, so many, uncharacteristic. Just, there's so many moments as you're recapping this that I thought all hope was lost, and I'm like, okay, we have no shot. Like so many times during this game, I thought there is no shot we're winning this. Appreciate the it, hope. At least it was close, and we're not going to get laughed out of the stadium. But you're not winning this game. No, there's there when it when you're when they were up thirty five fourteen going into the fourth quarter, it absolutely felt like there was like what are we doing in the stadium still like we're they're for sure losing and and that was the just so uncharacteristic of this defense just huge plays they just let up all day long but we got it when they needed it and uh but then the fence come right back at the start of the fourth quarter. And Craig, the Craycraft TD was incredible. Um, the way that just Tua just spun right out of that sack and was watching the whole play, because he actually had Waddle in the back of the end zone on that too, but Waddle ended up getting pushed out of bounds and he was ineligible, which was another Hasselbeck thing that he broke down. The little nuances of the Finns' comeback, and the, it, it was such a good listen. I really encourage anybody to find... Um, the Hasselbeck interview with Pat McAfee today. It was it was a really good breakdown of the little nuances of the offense. Yeah, and you know, on that play to Craycraft, you can see Tua set up that that spin. He saw that defend that free defender coming and held in there just until the last second and knew that the guy was fully committed so that he could spin out to be able to find Craycraft. But um, just offensive line played well. But Tua helped him out for sure on that one. And that's something we were not getting out of Tannehill. That was absolutely nope. a sack fumble if Tannehill's playing quarterback. Yeah, and that's for sure. He's for sure getting sacked last year's offensive line. This offensive line feels so much different. And they didn't like it's not like they were building a brick wall out there for him, but they were just giving him enough time to like at least make a decision. And that's the huge difference, I think, in this year's team versus last year's team. Um, but then all of a sudden we're, we're, we're in it again. Somehow we have a sliver of hope. It's 35, 21 at this point. So we still got a sliver and just 
Have we got another D stop? I think this was the fourth down one where they didn't get converted. I think I'm correct on that. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Um, it was back-to-back Lamar runs, I think. Uh, you know, just coming up big when needed it. Yeah. And then we get the huge Tyreek Hill TD, and now we're down seven, still in the fourth quarter, and the the Hasselbeck thing that he broke down in this play was really, really interesting because Tua, he essentially what the Ravens, how this whole coverage thing happened is that they um, they did a fire blitz and Tua saw those two guys coming from the left and all he did was just step two yards to his right off the hash and that gave him enough time to make that throw. And when you're bringing essentially a cover zero blitz and those – it's just the same thing that kind of happens with the Finns. Why, the, why is Marcus Peters trying to defend Tyreek Hill for five seconds when the rush should be there in three? And right. that's really what – that's why – that's how Hill got behind the defense. And, dude, what, what, what bad, bad defensive play calling by Baltimore there, man? Dude, you're up, again, up 21 in the fourth quarter – the one thing yeah. that you can't happen is big plays. The only way a team comes back is big plays. So I understand, you know, bringing pressures, wanting to get them off off center and all that. But, I mean, we're talking about a 60-yard ball and a 50-yard ball that with our, you know, average offensive play yards, you know, we're probably talking about, you know, maybe five to six yards of play. We literally saved ourselves 10 plays out of, that, out of those two drives respectively by hitting big plays. If the Ravens stymie us and make us drive for touchdowns and add 10 more plays on the boost of those drives, we're not winning this game. No, they, we don't even have a chance because there's just not enough time. And, uh, but yeah, so now we're, we're only down one score and somehow we come out and get, a, uh, did, did they get a three and out on this one or they just made them punt? And all of a sudden the Finns got the ball and the huge, just Tyree kill on an island, and he's wide open. And this was the big play of the entire day. Um, this was one that I believe McDaniel said it was the fuck it uh, play from the playbook, where they're just like, fuck it, throw to Tyreek. Yeah, from what um, Tyreek Hill broke it down in his presser, his postgame presser, um, and from what he said, they knew what coverage they were getting. It had something to do with the way they were playing cover two or how they aligned um, when Tyreek was on that hash. So they knew that he was going to be open. It was just mm-hmm. if it was just if you have enough time to get rid of the football. Um, but he talks about it in his postgame presser about the thought process behind it. Um, but again, you know, so we're on the opposite end zone and the Suns at our back, and Tyreek Hill's looking basically at us catching the football with the sun to our back, sun in his eyes, I'm, I'm up here trying to do everything I can to block the sun. I'm putting my hat up and putting my <laughs> hand up. I got a jersey up. I'm, like, I'm trying to block, give him enough shade from all the way down there to not get blocked by the sun to catch that football because 
that was my biggest fear. Again, I'm the same old Dolphins. Wouldn't that be so vintage to have a wide open cutter to tie it? <laughs> that would be that would be like Brandon Marshall in the Monday Night Football game where it's dropped right in the bucket and it just hits his hands and it just drops straight to the ground. Yep. But uh, watching so watching those two Tyreek Hill touchdowns from our seats in the stadium, like watching that open up, like. His speed in real time is just it's un, it's unexplainable. It's it so unreal. Like, it looks like you're drawing a defense on the field and then letting him run by them. But it's exactly what it feels like. It's someone it like they're statues and he's just running by them. He is ungod I love Jalen to death, but Tyreek Hill's faster than Jalen. Maybe not in a ten yard burst, but I'm telling you. I just—it's unbelievable to watch him run. That's why he's built different. Built different. But uh, yeah, so uh, Hasselbeck broke this one down. This was the most interesting part of Hasselbeck's breakdown: is that what the Ravens did? They came out and tried to do the amoeba defense to the Finns, and they did such a poor job of getting back. And then that corner didn't understand the call and he thought they were in the cover too. And that's why he just stood there and let Tyreek run right by him. It's it. Whenever he showed, whenever he played it in slow motion, because they were all up on the line and then they all bail. And this corner, I don't even know who it is. I don't, I can't even tell you who it was, but he just let Tyreek just run right by him. Sometimes you'd rather be lucky than good. That's all. Oh, so lucky. But, yeah, Tyreek is just the ultimate equalizer. And then we got the, the D stepped up again. And they, just the classic, they, they, now, now we're in it. And now instead of getting the same old Dolphins, now we're getting classic BBDB defense. Right. And we then uh, that keeping Andrews out of the uh, end zone on that third down throw – that was huge. I thought for sure they were going to call the pass interference there because that, that would be – now that is the that so so Dolphins move would be to be that close and then have a pass interference. And then they could just march right down the field. But we held them to the field goal. We're only down three. And we got two minutes to figure it out. And then that's when the magic happened. And that Hill had – two amazing plays in that sequence on the final drive. And I didn't even realize this, like, because the way we were sitting, like you were on the opposite end of where I was. And I had no idea that Tyreek had been going in and out of the game for cramps. I had no idea any of that was happening until I watched the game back today. But he had, he, he's the, just the ultimate equalizer. Oh, dude, there were so many times that, like, and you can tell Tua is very comfortable with him. Like, we need a play. We're going to reek. Um, yeah. And he, like, for as little as he is, his catch radius just seems unbelievable. Because there's a couple ball. The one ball he threw on that drive I thought was behind Tyreek. And Tyreek was midair, able to readjust and catch the football over the middle. It's just like his catch radius, you know, obviously I know it's not. A Julio Jones in his prime, but it just feels like that when he's on the field. 
it just doesn't matter wherever he puts it, Tyreek's going to find it and bring it down. And the the big the big play of the game to set us up was the Chase Edmonds run, which was an incredibly ballsy call because we ran that play with Tyreek not quite getting out of bounds, and we got a minute 30 left, and we bleed it down to like 50 seconds, and then we run that play, and Chase Edmonds gets us down to the 12-yard line. And at that point, it, you could feel it felt stadium. like we... You could feel the... If, I, if you've <laughs> never felt 100,000, however many people are in that stadium's buttholes pucker at one time, and that's what it felt like. You could tell that it was a holy shit, this is not the same old Dolphins. Yeah, and it, the, everybody, like, it, it, all of the air was lifted out of the stadium at that point. Like, they knew that it, something bad was about to happen. And lo, and this play, the final play where the Finns score was an awesome play. Two up, ends up going through all four of his progressions and finds the only one-on-one matchup that they had because they tripled Tyreek. I think they doubled Wilson, and the only person that was one-on-one was Waddle, and you put it where the only place that Waddle could get it and nobody else, and a hell of a throw, a hell of a catch, and a hell of an ending to a game. It was... Single-handedly, the greatest Dolphins game I've ever been to. It is the second-best football game I've ever been to, only being topped by the Penn State-Ohio State game where we blocked the field goal to beat them and they were number four in the nation or whatever. The only other game that is topped by this. Um, but being able to share it with my dad and my best friends was definitely worth um, every single penny because I tell you right now, there's a lot of – People wanting to talk so much shit to us, you know, back to the stadium, you know, to kind of just end my comments. Um, I would not want to be a Steelers fan or Browns fan in that stadium because <laughs> us being Dolphins fans where there is, you know, obviously a little bit of a rivalry, but nothing to the nothing to the level of an AFC North rivalry. Um, I felt uncomfortable at times, <laughs> to be honest with you, not that I was ever in danger, but. They definitely felt that they were, you know, you could feel that they were packed around you. And then, of course, leaving the stadium, um, celebrating my ass off with only Dolphins fans, you could just see the depression. And they didn't, they, no one, you know, would say anything because how do you argue, man? You gave up a 21 point lead in the fourth quarter to someone who, to a quarterback that everyone says is a noodle arm. Yeah. I, it, I, I had, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I didn't even have words. Like, it wasn't even like for like myself like celebrating because like I just couldn't believe that 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 like coming back like that was obtainable for the Finns ever like I just held my hands like on my head because I had nothing to say like I couldn't cheer I I just I couldn't believe it they fucking did that like it was an an incredible feeling because we were at a point where we were completely defeated and now we were like at like the highest of the highs and what an incredible game. Yep. I am absolutely thrilled to go into next week. Right back into the buzzsaw. And oh, my God, what a buzzsaw. <laughs> well, I guess the only small good news that we got is that Gabe Davis isn't playing for the Bills tonight. 
And so we could be looking at a uh, less powerful Bills offense, but I don't know how you're going to stop the Bills. They they look like a very well-oiled machine, and let's I don't just know. hope I, that let's just hope Week One was just a product of them having all year to game plan, and let's just let's just hope that maybe their week to week game planning isn't that great, right? We can hope, and, and maybe this just ain't going to be the same old Dolphins. Yeah. You you ain't wrong, but I also think that, that game might be forty nine to forty two. <laughs> it might it very well might be it could be a shootout. I, I I'd honestly, if it's going to be a shootout and we lose, I, I think I I think I could swallow that a little bit better than getting blowed out again because I don't know. Uh, uh, after coming off after you know just really manhandling the Pats and then coming back against the Ravens and. Like getting shellacked by the Bills would be the ultimate kick in the nuts. It feels like. Well, you know, here's here's the way I look at it. You look at our first five games, Pats, our first four games, Pats, Ravens, Bills, Bengals. If I would have told you that we could could and potentially have a really good likelihood of coming out of those four games three and one at the beginning of the year, everyone celebrated. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that could have seen us starting one and three. You got to, you know, we're Mm -hmm. coming off of a Ravens team that was injured when we played them last year and they're in their home city where we can't win. We're coming into a Bills team that's a Super Bowl favorites and then into a Bengals team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Right. So we play basically the two predicting, you know, three straight AFC championship contenders. You know, following the Pats, who we all knew we were going to dog walk. Following the the Pats game, one in three was realistic, very realistic. So to be at two and zero with an opportunity to be three and one, and maybe even four and zero, because we have no idea what this team's going to look like next week against the Bills. I know one thing: we're going to score points. I don't know if we're going to stop them, but I'm I'm tickled, man. I'm ready to fucking go. This this is like the first time where it. Because we had that three and zero start back whenever we had Tannehill and Mike Wallace deal, but it, it, it ain't the same feeling as what this is. Because it feels like we can go out and we can at least score no matter what, and it doesn't matter. And I, I am so fired up for this game. Uh, the, the big birthday weekend coming up here, so I don't know what it's. Uh, the Finns are destined to lose on the birthday weekend, is how it usually plays out. But uh, very fired up. Very excited. Hopefully, uh, we come out on top. But yeah, if honestly, I would be, I'd be tickled pink if we would have been two and two coming out of the first four games. But now, realistically, if we could get out three and one, man, that is like, man, we're we're rolling if we come out three and one. You're 100 percent right, baby. And you know what they say about teams that start hot early? They ain't got to fight hard at the end. So. I mean, we just, that is such a, per, a perennial Dolphins issue as we always have is that we start so bad and then we got to scratch and claw our way back in and then we always hit that end of the year buzzsaw where we need it and we need, we ain't got it. But that is going to uh, conclude this episode of That's So Dolphins Talk. We got a big one coming up next weekend against the Bills. Um, 
We're going to for sure keep celebrating this uh, this big Dolphins comeback, the biggest Dolphins comeback I feel like ever. And if it's going to feel good for a long time. Let's go, baby. Fins up. Fins up, baby. Dude, we're the best team in the league. All right. Thank you for listening in to another episode of That So Dolphins Talk. Want to encourage everybody to rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out on Twitter at the underscore Podski. Check us out on Facebook. We're up and running on Facebook now. And we will catch you next weekend after the Bills at Dolphins. So go Fins and enjoy this one. And we'll see you next week.